I'm Bryn. I'm Chris. I'm and this is PH Drunk. PH Drunk is our podcast where we drink to excess and discuss classic works of literature. Um, we were on a weekly schedule, but like there's a quarantine. I don't know. It's kind of bi-weekly now. Fortnightly. Fortnightly is the fancy word for it. Um, drunk literary criticism is a lot of work. And on top of that, we have to do this podcast. Uh, that was a joke because our jobs are also literary criticism and we do that while drunk too. Do not tell our professors. That is the reason we are using pseudonyms here. It's because we actually have real academia type grad school positions at this point in our lives. If you're new here, welcome. We have recently had a slight uptick in listeners. Uh, so we've gone from three to slightly more than three. Uh, All seven. Most of our, seven of you. <laughs> most of our jerks are still this dumb, but we don't usually explain them. So keep up, people. You're welcome. Uh, in today's episode, we are discussing The Odd Women by George Gissing. The Odd Women was published in 1893 and is a new woman novel we'll get more into what that is but before we talk about new women maybe we should tell people what we're drinking tonight yes resident bartender extraordinaire for ph drunk alice please tell us about tonight's totally made up cocktail okay so today's totally made up cocktail is called a new woman old-fashioned so basically what you do is muddle some orange and a couple of maraschino cherries in the bottom of the glass. Add some Angostura bitters just a bit. Don't get, don't get crazy because that shit is intense. Uh, fill the glass with ice. Add a double shot of brandy if you like it dirty. Otherwise, you can do a single shot if you're, you know, boring. And you fill the glass with Diet 7-Up if you want it to be low-cal and garnished with a twist of the orange peel. The drink itself is like 80-ish calories, so you can have a whole lot of them. Which is what we have done this evening. So many. Also, this week we decided to um, film a little tutorial on how to make the totally made-up cocktail. So, you know, check our socials and we'll give you a little bit of help. Bryn, Bryn definitely, that's me. I needed the help, you guys. Okay, I watched I, this video like three times. I filmed it I for still Bryn. got it wrong. <laughs> I think, and I I don't want to be um, déclassé here, but I do think that you might catch a glimpse of Ellis's wrist. Oh, what? So, do you what? see any of my tattoos? Have fun. Any of my tattoos? No. Okay. That's too well, sexy, you guys. A whole wrist. It might be, it might be a little revealing to give away my tattoos. Like, I watch a lot of SVU right now, and they identify a lot of people <laughs> by their tattoos. And, like, I'm trying to keep my identity a secret. I'm just saying. Quarantine yeah, has been super I mean... fun. <laughs> All I've watched is SVU and married at first sight so i am just a trash <laughs> fucking human so so what you're telling me is right now you are primed to marry someone you hardly know and then brutally murder them okay but that wouldn't be a special victims crime it's only a special victims crime if it's like this is so bad. I'm not going to say what it is. It has to be a special victims, but you have, it's like really fucking bad. Not murder your husband, but like bad, bad. I mean, murder your husband's probably I mean... bad, but like, come on, we've all been there. So. 
Okay. I have I got a book for y'all. Okay, we're gonna read this. If you feel like murdering a husband, wait until you've read The Odd Women by George. No, if you feel like murdering your husband, read the history of the nun, right? There right, you go. Friend? That's the one. Yeah. After Ben, <laughs> basically anything. I knew you were thinking of people who told me that she like murders husbands, and I was like, I should read that. <laughs> this is problematic, but um, I also have a I have a, a follow up question. <laughs> that should be our, like our question. blanket motto. Hold on, that should be our blanket motto. This is problematic. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, should, okay, I feel like literally I should... anything. Stick a sticker on it. This is problematic. <laughs> I feel like I should say, for the record, my husband's delightful. I don't actually plan on murdering him in the near future. He even helped me film the tutorial video for Bryn. So, like, he's probably gonna be safe. He's for a hero. A while. Did you notice she said probably won't murder him? Bitch, it's quarantine days. Um, I don't know what could happen. <laughs> I have a I have a follow up question. Uh oh. Is there a book we've ever read that doesn't make us feel like murdering our husbands? Mm. It's a good idea. <laughs> Oh my god, no. no. The answer is no. I can't think of any. Hi, you fucked with my head. (laughs) We're always like, and we should kill them all. Every book always has like a shitty white dude that you're like, "Mm." and like, even though our husbands aren't white dudes, they have their moments. And then we're like, "Mm." guys, we should put hashtag shitty white dude on a coaster. I love it. Let's do it. it. They'll hate it. All the shitty white dudes will hate it. But oh I don't gosh. think they're included should, in all seven of our listeners. So. We should also have like a sticker book that's just different versions of this is problematic so that you can just like take your sticker book around <laughs> Dude, with you. I literally can just like put a sticker on it. I'm going to start grading student work whenever they say shit that I'm like, no, you cannot say that. Like, I'm not going to. Just put a little sticker, like a. stick it right in the middle. This but is you hand, you hand back, you hand back quizzes and you hand back papers and you're like, you're like Stephanie. You get a gold star. Here you go, Bradley. Here you go, Heather. And I'm sorry, Keith, but this, you is, gotta, problem. this is problematic. <laughs> oh, I mean, hashtag this speaking, is problematic. Right. Speaking of uh, speaking of knowing your audience, maybe we should get back to our. Oh, we have. Oh, wait, are there others? Here? Are other people? What? I mean, not not literally at this moment, but with the magic of podcasting, yes, eventually. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, I hope that whoever you are in the future, you're out of quarantine and life is beautiful, and there are flowers, birds singing. You can see other humans and hug them. God, what a life you must live! That cocktail sounds delicious, and I think. That everybody, including myself, should make it. I didn't because I'm a cheapskate and didn't go out and buy brandy. So I'm drinking gin and tonic, or if you will, uh, Virginia and tonic. <laughs> that was a really okay, bad joke. Well, I watched I'm not even the tutorial like so three times. However, I th- okay, I watched the tutorial like three times. I also brought <laughs> and then you I all drank. Me. I also brought you all. Yes, Brandy's very. Mm-hmm. Ellis brought me all the ingredients, and then I drank at least Brynn four is, of them. So, Brynn is very dedicated, and Ellis is a hero, and I'm trash. I'm a trash human. I'm just really dedicated to my craft one. right now. Fuck you. 
<laughs> Me too. My craft is drinking, so I'm real into it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm really dedicated to my drinking and doing literary criticism craft right now. don't call me a hero. I'm just doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fuck it! Okay, I almost pissed myself laughing. Let's let's get into it. Can you give us a segment one super fast (laughs) tiny plot summary? I would love to. The Odd Women is about all those middle-class white women who couldn't or wouldn't find a husband and just get married already. The story centers on the Madden sisters, originally six, but only three remain alive because, you know, kill off the women. Virginia and Alice are confirmed spinsters who dream of opening a school, but until they can't do it until they get their shit together, especially Virginia, because she really likes her booze. Um, they are sharing a small room and they're pretty much starving because they don't have any money. Um, they're trying to live off what their father left them before he died, but it was supposed to be split between all of them. So it's not a lot. Monica, the youngest Madden sister is beautiful and she has uh, just turned 21 and everyone has high hopes that she'll find a husband, but just in case Virginia and Alice hook her up with their friend Rhoda Nunn and her business partner i don't know there that is questionable mary barfoot (laughs) (laughs) anyway her name is mary barfoot who run a training program for new women teaching them practical skills like typing and bookkeeping so that they can get respectable jobs that don't suck monica is finally able to leave the inhumane working the shop to seek better opportunities but quickly realizes it would be easier to just marry a rich guy Cue a year-long marriage from hell to the controlling Edmund Widowson that eventually ends in Monica's death during childbirth, and she's also accused of, like, doing shit she didn't do, but kind of did. I don't know. On the side, we get to watch Rhoda Nunn struggle with her convictions that all women should remain unmarried, but then she also sort of accidentally falls in love with Mary's cousin Everard and has a conflict of conscience that leads to the kind of hashtag nine years of longing plot that I personally fucking live for. So that's why at I'm least gonna... nine years. Yeah. All right. Let's just go and do a deep dive into themes on themes on themes. I'm so ready. Give us that. <laughs> Was I too ready? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the perfect it, that was such an excellent that was work I'm in pr- that says to me I'm drunk enough for people I mean, drunk I am like I want to hear about these fucking themes I'm so ready for themes I'm so ready <laughs> what is the what is the first okay, fucking the first theme? theme tell us that first theme <laughs> give us that theme give it to us hard and fast oh there's too much pressure okay the first Oh, <laughs> that's what he said. Oh my god! Okay, the first theme is new women. Um, so basically, what are new, new... women? Tell us. Oh, oh, thank you for asking, Bryn. I'm okay, so what... ready to ask the right question. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so new women, basically, at this point in the in the world in the 1890s, um. There were more men, or sorry, more women, Jesus Christ, there were more, so there, there were more women than men, and so there were a lot of what they called, like, surplus women who um, didn't really have matches, and a lot of them turned to being new women, which is what we see in this novel. New women were the kind of women who thought, like, um, fuck this separate spheres bullshit, 
fuck me being controlled by a man and not having rights to like live my own goddamn life um sure, and so they that. wanted to like n- maybe not get married or maybe have um a free union where it was like a common law type marriage they got they got together they did the whole thing but they didn't they weren't legally married or maybe they wanted like you know whatever they just they weren't into like following the fucking rules they wanted to have a life of freedom and um pursuing their careers of some sort and not being this like angel in the house bullshit that they've been brought up to to believe is the only option for them now it's important to note that there are certain types of women who had the privilege to seek out being a new woman um, while other women definitely were relegated to different parts of society and did not have those options. But this book specifically looks at the middle-class woman and specifically white middle-class women. So um, I think we need to really like make that very clear that this is something that's only even sort of an option for a certain type of woman. I have a question for ellis okay the well, new women novel is not my area of expertise it is your area it of is expertise. no it definitely is own it live into your new woman identity i i have a question which is why the fuck does every fucking new women novel have to it end does not actually unsatisfyingly um, they don't all this one does though okay okay all the ones i've this read white dude so it was written by a dude, okay. which is I, mean, I think that he, but he's like that dude that thinks he's woke, you know. And so, yes. and I also and he's still not woke. in a lot of ways, just based on Gissing's own background, that he's also like, what is it the kids, the youths, what do the youths call those people that like um, kiss up to women, but just to like like they pretend to be feminists dudes just to get women to sleep with them what's that word there's a term for it jesus okay i feel like we should know know this piece of information yeah i'm sorry that i'm Um, not youthful enough so dear readers uh apparently there's a word for men who pretend to be feminists in order to get with the ladies and uh we don't know that word because we are not drunk or with it the most of the time alice (laughs) drunk us is not hip enough uh and people don't say hip so we're the austin powers level really clue you into where we are at um as we uh we don't really think the youths are in our demographic. This might be a long show. If you, show, or if you happen knows, to know what that word is, please, please let us know. Please tell us. We're going to literally wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what was that fucking word? Please. I'm going to think of it please tonight at like 4 o'clock in the morning. God damn it. I knew that word. Okay. When Ellis remembers what the word is, we're going to tweet it out. And none of y'all will have so... any idea of what is happening. Because this episode's not coming out tonight. It's that's all that it's gonna say on the socials. The word is this, and then you guys will have to go back and realize. So I, 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 as a as a woman now love new women i think they are bad so i think they are with it i think they are career women who haven't got any time they are so fucking hip they ain't got time for no man i am here for it i just don't understand why all of the new women novels that i read have to end up with someone dying 
usually because they have the babies. It's just like a little too much for me. I will say I usually just ignore that part because that's what we do here. Ignore that part until you get the girl that you need. Um, (laughs) Definitely do it. Which is, I absolutely did it with this book. I'm just saying that because this one was written, written by a like middle class white dude, I had very little patience with his sort of like new women get the comeuppance that they deserve at the end there. Uh, I guess like I wanted more of a happy ending and I didn't get it. It wasn't it wasn't fully happy. It wasn't fully happy. Monica. Monica and Widows didn't get a bad ending. Maybe I'm not focused. I have a question. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Who is the poor child at the end? She literally looks at the Monica's child and says, "Poor child." Poor child at the end. Right. Yes, she's looking at Monica's child and she says, "What a poor child." Who is the poor child? Is it Monica? Is it her baby? Is it Rhoda's baby? It's no. It's no. Rhoda's baby. Is it though? Rhoda didn't have a baby. Rhoda didn't have sex. Rhoda's nursing. Rhoda doesn't have a baby. Rhoda doesn't. No. Rhoda isn't have. Rhoda doesn't have a baby. She's just feeding the baby because the mom died. They say nursing, but it doesn't mean like boob feeding. It just means like feeding. I'm just. What? Well, listen. Stop. Like. Okay. Stop there are a lot of women nursing. with a lot of boobs. There's a lot of nursing. Who's the poor child? There's no one that got pregnant but Monica. Listen, I don't. Are you sure? Be... No, because we literally There's no see everything. We know we got get pregnant. those scenes, and then we get where it falls apart, and then it falls apart. Sure. Okay. Then, then I will narrow it down. They're not boning and boning. Is, it, I mean, is it 2020, bitches? Like it was 18. Is the poor child Monica or her baby? I think okay. the poor child is her baby, but I think that it's um, both. I think that what happens is they see. Okay, I just have no. to go back for a second and say I don't think that Rhoda had a baby, but I do think that no. you could make a very strong argument that she boned Everard because they were walking through the wilderness and the if they wanted to and it seemed like she wanted to they could have boned and at that time she wanted to prove that she could of like she could avoid that temptation of like being so physically no she wanted to prove she could avoid being so physically to marry when that she lost control of herself okay that fine. was her one point of pride with the woman that left the school for a married man and then eventually <clears throat> killed. her one point of pride was like you should be able to not give in to your sexual desires like you need to be in control of yourself and the the she did slip from it but her slipping from it was slipping from it to agree to marry everard and then she regained her shit when she got away from him i don't think she ever had sex i think her whole it would have ruined her ethos she couldn't have had sex okay well maybe that's my problem then Maybe my real issue with this new woman thing is that it suggests that you can't have sex or it ruins your ethos because because I think that's bullshit. She was and what she was doing. Yeah, but like Mary Barfoot, though. 
Yeah, I guess like what I'm saying is that maybe Rhoda knows oh, ethos well, is a little bit of bullshit. She could have done a free union, and that would have ruined her ethos. Like, and there's an argument could... for that, because what's her face? Her their little friend that she goes to visit um, is like, you know, we're going to need some martyrs to, like, step up. Like, I'm too much of a chicken shit to actually say what I believe, which is a problem. She legit says, like, it's a problem with me because anyone who really believes anything should be willing to shout it from the rooftops, and I'm scared to do that. But I'll, I feel free to tell you we need some martyrs who are willing to do yeah. free union and when, and some, and when and Rhoda asks shit up, and, like, that's the only way things are going to change. Yeah. And when Rhoda talks to Mary and is like, you wouldn't have even, you wouldn't have like ever accepted us if I, we had done a free union. And Mary's like, I would have accepted you if you had done a free union or if you got married just the same. And I was like, thank you, Mary. And like, I guess maybe that's the crux of the matter. My problem with Rhoda Nunn is that her argument is that you have to, um, in order to, like, surpass your own womanhood, you have to, like, overcome your sexual desires. And I think, I frankly, think that that's bullshit. You can have sexual walk. desires and it be a powerful woman. Say because she had stuck by her own thing. I don't think that was, like, a generalization about new women in total. I think that was her own thing that she had said for so long. And then whenever she came face-to-face with that opportunity, for her, it felt like, she would have to make herself look like a fool just for her because there were lots no, of people who I, knew she'd have to make herself look vulnerable people, there were lots of people I, who were for I would that say that the, like that wasn't sure. a, like a weird concept then okay I think that what she looks down on is sexual desire and she does look down on that both for herself and for other women but she doesn't look down on sexual desire. And that's the thing I have a problem with. With Everard. Yeah, nobody like wants to give has... in to their vulnerability. Right, and she feels like if she if she has a free union with him, no society will accept her. If it doesn't work out, she has fucked herself royally. So she's scared to do a free union, even though she would be into it, because she's worried about the fact that that would make her completely dependent on him. Whereas if she gets married to him and things go south and he cheats on her, she's in some ways protected because at least she was married so she can still be respectable. However, she doesn't want to give in to being married because she's already told all these women, fuck being married, y'all need to get your shit together and, like, learn your own trade and, like, get a good job and, like, be independent. Fuck marriage. And so then she looks like a hypocrite. So she's, like, damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Yeah, that beach scene is really important where they're standing on the beach and then they imagine that they're on the beach when he comes back. Everard proposes, sort of, and they kind of maybe agree to be married. No, they do. A letter comes from the cousin and then they break up and then like it seems like maybe they aren't going to get married. Everard comes back and he proposes like three times. And I don't know, I feel I feel like. Both of them wish they could be vulnerable. And in the end, Everard's the only one who can be vulnerable. But also, he's the only one that's really, like, socially allowed to be vulnerable. Because if if Rhoda Nunn, if she is sexually and maritally vulnerable, then she gives up, like, a shit ton more than 
Everard Barfoot gives up in proposing marriage. So Everard Barfoot stands there with his three marriage proposals, like, will you marry me? But, like, really answer me. Will you marry me? Like, I know we were talking about this, like, beach perfect walking in the sand perfect marriage but like actually will you marry me and she finally like can't she can't pull it together enough to answer him for real and see okay I agree with you on so many things and I disagree on so many things because I feel like um I don't think it's vulnerability for Everard because he said going into all of this that his whole goal was basically to tempt the woman who said she would never stoop so far as to be married into agreeing to be married and so he thought I'm gonna I'm going to basically go into this and just see what happens. She'll probably say no, but it's a good, it's, it's a fun game. But then he actually falls for her kind of, but like, even in that scene where he proposes three times just before that, he was like, you know, worst case scenario thought, like just as I had always sort of intended where we don't actually get married and she says no. So it's like nothing lost, nothing gained, like whatever, nothing, nothing really matters. And so like, he's not like, he doesn't have anything to lose. He also knows he's got fucking homegirl on the side that he's going to marry, which he ends up marrying. So like, he has nothing to lose. That's not yeah. real vulnerability for, for Marota, I think it is. And I think her, in her saying to him, things have fucking changed. We have changed. You fucked up. I'm not going to sit here and come to you and be like, yeah, you're right. I was so wrong. I should apologize to you. Like, I'm not going to fucking stoop to there. Is her being, like, brave and vulnerable and, like, in a way that no one else has been in this novel? But I don't think so do she's you like think... fully open with him. No, but I think she does. She has way more at risk and takes more risk than anyone. Else. I think he cared about her, but I think he could take it or leave it because he knew that she was going to be a lot to handle forever. Rhoda was never going to be easy. Rhoda was never going to be submissive. Rhoda was never going to be that kind of woman. And he loved that and he hated that at the same time. He loved the challenge. He loved having someone who could hold a conversation and they could have these crazy heated debates. Like he loved it. But then he also was scared. Yeah, but that sounds like like, real feelings to me. Look who he ends up marrying, Bryn. He ends up marrying the bitch that's never going to fucking challenge him on anything. I mean, Agnes, sure. Yeah, but okay. So do we think poll time? Everard catches real feelings. I think he catches real feelings. What about you, Chris? Do you think Everard catches real feelings? I think Everard catches as real feelings as Rhoda does. I can see that. I think Everard actually catches possibly more feelings than Rhoda does. I wish that was the case, but I don't think it is. (laughs) But I I appreciate that you think it is. Well, so... I guess part of the reason that I think that is that the one interesting narrative move is that the novel is never about Rhoda. So we get to zoom in on Monica and her shitty marriage. And we get to zoom in on Alice and Virginia and their like weird sister thing they have going on. And we get to zoom in on like Rhoda plus Everard and we definitely zoom in on Everard and Mary Barfoot, his sister, Everard Barfoot and Mary Barfoot. No, his cousin. But we never, cousin, sorry. He yes, also cousin. Wants to marry uh, him. We never, like, we never super focus on Rhoda Nunn. 
you only see her as a side character in everybody else's drama. I think there's like one, maybe two chapters where you really like talk about Rhoda Nunn and her history, but but there's never like that intimate um, we see her when like she's narrator like reader. We see her when she's struggling over the fact that Everard hasn't like written um, to her and she's like going all these weeks where it's like, I don't know. And then he writes to Mary and talks about Agnes. Sort of, Brisbane. but that, but it kind of glosses over it. The narrator kind of glosses over Brisbane. some of those things. And Rhoda doesn't get as much she attention as, as much someone attention. like Monica gets a ton of narrative attention and Rhoda gets comparatively little no, narrative true. attention. That's true. Um, and, you know, for Monica to be this ideal of like this late Victorian, she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be this ideal of late Victorian marriage who's submissive to her husband. It turns out she's not those things. Um, and Rhoda Nunn is supposed to be this ideal new woman who only wants free unions. And it turns out she can't quite, she can't quite make that happen. Monica gets a ton of narrative attention for not upholding some of those things, but Rhoda gets comparatively little attention for not being able to fulfill these new woman free union ideals. I disagree. I think Rhoda gets a lot of attention for for the not fulfilling thing, but the only attention not Rhoda, herself. I, but I well, think, I think okay. the only attention not herself. Rhoda ever gets is in comparison with Everard in that relationship. We don't get a yeah. lot of Rhoda being just a fucking human for the thirty, no, forty years. Because what she's forty at this point. Yeah. No. 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 Sorry. She's no. No. She's, she's thirty two. She's she's, she's thirty two because Monica's twenty two and Rhoda's thirty two. No, Monica's twenty one. Yeah, and then at the end they say like. How old are you? And Monica says, I'm two and 20. Well, I'm two and 30. Yeah, she's 10 years older than Monica. So it starts out, Rhoda's 30, Monica's 20. By the end of it, Monica's 22 and dead, and Rhoda's 42, or 32. 32 Mary, yeah. Mary is in her 40s, um, but was in love with Everard for a while before she realized it was never going to happen. Um, like that he didn't care about her. Um but she says she's 10 years older than Rhoda, but she feels more distant because she thinks Rhoda is like young in her ideals. But for Monica, we get all this like internal strife and like, yeah, we don't get considering cheating with another man and considering running away from her husband and considering what she's going to do with her baby. But for Rhoda, we don't get, very much of that. Rhoda, There's like all we get with Rhoda really is that a trip to the seaside. The yeah. yeah, like it's all about that Everard section of her life, right? And if you wanted to focus on new women, I don't know. I just I feel like that's a weird narrative balance between like focusing on Monica and her internal, emotional, mental struggles, think- and like Rhoda is mostly external and relational struggles. I think the new woman part of it is more overarching than Rhoda. And I think that's why it's considered a new woman novel. Because, like, yeah, we only, like, with Rhoda, we don't get as much as with Monica. But in a way, Monica was in training to be a new woman. And it failed. Mm. And so that's a cautionary tale of what happens. And in a way, Alice and Virginia could have been new women, but couldn't get their shit together in the right way to figure it out. 
Except maybe Alice, which I do have notes in my text where I'm like, is Alice the perfect new woman? I don't know. Um, Alice has got a lot of biblical shit, though. Like, she's got a lot of biblical righteousness for a new woman. that doesn't preclude, like, that doesn't mean you can't be a new woman just because you believe it. I mean, I guess. Because new women, like, run the gamut, like. You can be it's a, like a lot, who's, though. like, real fucking biblical, and you could be a new woman who's, like, free union, let's go bone. <laughs> like, like, I'm hot, you're hot, let's make it happen. So, like, there's... there's, D- lot, there's DTF. There's, new woman DTF. Yeah, and there's, like... Yeah. Yeah. There's like new woman regular and new woman DTF, and then there's like the new woman ultra religious. It's so true though. There's like there's like a I think that maybe oh in Gissing's mind, Alice might be the perfect new woman, but in like a woman's mind, fuck that. I don't want to be a new woman in the Alice model. She spends all her time reading no, but, scripture. I want to be but, wait wait. But you're no, also no. an actual I woman, be, so like you have no. one up on Gissing there. <laughs> no, I want to be a new woman in the Virginia model where you just drink brandy and read novels every evening. That's what I would like to be. Thank you. Same girl, but I don't want to be judged for it, though. No. Like, just let me Fuck live. That. Don't make me hide my empties from Fuck you. Fuck like, that. Let me no. Live. <laughs> no. Which is a whole other thing that Guessing was trying to, like, preach on because he had a wife that was a drunk and he didn't like it, so... Well, that fuck that. Wife. Be drunk. Cope or with a, your own coping mechanisms. All right. Quote wife. I don't think they were actually married. Cope um, with your own coping mechanisms. If drinking is all you got, do you, man? Widowson can go fuck himself. Blanket statement. <laughs> That's okay. my high analysis. <laughs> Four brandies in. Widowson can go fuck himself. I agree. Widowson is the worst. Um, for our readers who have not finished the novel, um, Widowson <laughs> is an older older gentleman, more than 20 years Monica's senior, who decides that he is in love with her because they accidentally meet out one day, um, which is sort of scandalous in its own right. Uh, and he proceeds to then fucking stalk her all the time, hanging outside of the shop where she works, and like he paces up and down every night of the week to make sure she doesn't leave with anybody else like he's fucking crazy um and so then she finally gives in and is like gonna marry him but when she talks about it it's sort of like she tells her friend like yeah i'm gonna go out and marry him or whatever and she's like well i don't think you love him she's like i love him enough to marry him um but it's really clear that it's like a safety net situation because she knows that he really loves her. But the problem is he's also really fucking jealous and controlling. And anytime she wants to do anything outside of their home or away from him, like he thinks she should just stay home all this and only want to spend time with him and no one else. And whenever that doesn't work out, he's super jealous and controlling and like loses his fucking mind. So that he even sets up her day for her. She's supposed to, he sets up her day, she's supposed to spend all morning tending to the house, making sure it's clean and tidy, setting out the menu for the evening, um, making sure all the servants are doing what they're supposed to do, all two of them, because they're middle class. Yes. 
And then um, she's supposed to then have a, you know, the late breakfast, early lunch situation. And then um, they're supposed to make their calls together all early afternoon, you know, uh, together, always together. And then they're supposed to have uh, tea, dinner, tea slash dinner together, wherever they're at. And then the meal that she's called for for supper, they're supposed to have together. Um, they're never supposed to be parted. They do everything together. If they're not together, he gives her permission begrudgingly and then also follows her. Yes. Um, she can't even go see her friends without him standing outside and pacing. And whenever they go to see friends together, if there's another man who's single there, he immediately gets jealous and thinks that something could be going on with them. Like he's, he's super controlling and unreasonable. Um, And their real issue with their marriage. I don't know. Like, I'm curious to know what you guys think, because the first I thought, well, if he could just fucking chill this could maybe work like their marriage could maybe work if he could be not so controlling, not stalking her. Like if he could just accept that she has friends, she wouldn't cheat on him if she had freedom. Like her, her whole thing is she just wants to be free to go and like still have her own life, but like come back to him. And like their whole issue is that he's so jealous and controlling and she feels so stifled. So I wonder like, do you guys think this is doomed to fail if he could just, even if he could fix, like, that part of himself, do you think this would fail still? Still? Or do you think that they could have... Like, I'm not saying, like, it would be, like, a fucking romantic fairy tale, but, like, as far as, like, just could it work long-term if that aspect was gone? Like, if Widowson could just fucking get his shit together? Yeah, I think they they could probably um, have had, like, a... right decently happy marriage for the time period and considering the circumstances that they got together in if he had just not been like a complete and total douchebag yeah like super abusive super problematic i mean the red flags it was neon flashing signs like we passed red flags we're on to neon flashing it's outrageous i mean (laughs) listen That's I have been 21 before, and girl, you dumb. Like this, like, I, you dumb, Monica. I this, the first time I read this, I wasn't far out from being 21. And, like, every time I've read it since, I keep trying to tell myself, like, but imagine who you were at 21. Imagine who you were at 21. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you have fallen? No. The answer is fucking no. I definitely would have fucking not fallen. And the thing is, she had friends that were telling her, bitch, this ain't the right thing to do. You're out your damn mind. Do not and- fucking do this. And she was like, it's good. It's good enough. It's good enough. It's saving me from being in the shop. It's good enough. She, listen, her own fucking conscience was telling her, this is not okay. Like, my my sweet baby children who are listening to this right now, if you are sitting there thinking, this dude is talking to me out of nowhere and I feel uncomfortable, but no. it's okay. Should no. I just roll with it? Don't roll with it. It's no. creepy. It's creepy. Okay, so even Miss Eid, even Miss Eid, her like it's weird friend creepy. who becomes maybe possibly a prostitute. She even she said, "Okay, yeah, but 
I know it's the the rouge comment no, was absolutely one hundred percent not possibly okay. definitely a Miss Eve becomes a sex worker. Uh, even Miss Eve she definitely becomes a sex worker. Says when she sees Monica, like you don't look happy. This can't be right. You won't even talk about him. You won't give his name. Like something is off. Like this is yeah, not a healthy more relationship. The guy she married is the dude that Miss Ede was into that works the counter. Like, she just wants to know her last name because she wants to make sure that she didn't marry the guy that Miss Ede was after. I mean, I think that's part of it, but I also think, I think that's part of it. I, I do think, though, that Monica at this point has like hollow cheeks and they talk about how she doesn't look like herself. Oh, yeah. She's not, she's not feeling great. She can't even leave her own the single two, three rooms, the two rooms, three rooms that she shares with her sister because they each have their own bedroom and then like a meeting room. So three rooms that she shares with her sister. She can't even leave those for weeks. And then she goes out one or two times, sees Miss Ede and Miss Ede is like, okay, can like, just like one, please tell me you didn't marry the dude I was going to marry. And like two, are you sure you're okay? Are yeah, you, like, like really are you sure <laughs> are you sure becoming a sex worker in the late 19th century wouldn't be possibly a better option for you i mean miss eat seems pretty happy kind of other than being obsessed with the dude that doesn't love her she's flirting it up getting free drinks getting free food like she's doing all right <laughs> in the few minutes we see her she gets a ton of free shit she's like living life i mean you I'm do, you saying, go. I'm just saying. Monica fucked up. Honestly, if Widowson could just get his shit in check, it could have worked. Like, Monica would have been all right. It was all because of his jealousy, and he didn't want to seem vulnerable. He needed to feel in control and powerful. Widowson is basically, like, textbook toxic masculinity. Like, he feels like in order to be a man, he needs to be in charge of the household, and mm-hmm. he can, like, literally not imagine women being anything other than, like, submissive half-children who must be guided by men, and it becomes yes. Uh, yes. controlling and jealous and abusive, at, like, to the, point, to the point of violence. Like, there are mm-hmm. so many times towards the end where they talk about where the narrator just yeah, he and like her out. I mean, he chokes when her. He finally chokes runs her. away. It's because she thinks he's literally going to throttle he, her to death, and so I think it's I mean, like, important to note that, like, yeah, he so he's like abusive before he's abusive in so many ways before he gets physical. Um, that it's like like reading this as someone who grew up in an abusive household. Um, mm-hmm. I immediately saw it like just just like when he starts following her from like the fucking beginning before there even anything I was like I just instantly was like I can't with him I can't like he just makes my skin crawl like it's so so fucked up and it just keeps getting worse like I just think he's like legit the worst kind of fucking human like everything about him is like is like textbook abusive relationships I know, like, the first time that he, mm-hmm. she is, like, walking home and she's, like, Mm-mm. she thinks that she sees him and it's definitely him. Mm-hmm. That was, like, uh, nope, girl, immediately you need to back out of whatever the fuck you were doing. Like, yes, yes. the minute he but showed up on the is, street where she worked, also, I was, like, nope, 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 out of here, about, bye. 
and reading a 19th century, you know, novel today is that like so much hasn't changed. The signs are still the signs. The behavior is still the behavior. Um, he mm-hmm. like we still see that like need for control need to isolate you from everyone you know need to you know what I mean like all of that is still the way it is today and also to make you feel like everything you have is dependent on them you can't be anything without them and that's what he did he wanted to rescue her and he told her many times I'm going to save you from this. Like, he uses that language. They literally fucking dissing, God damn it, calls it slavery living in the shop. Which, listen, conditions aren't good. I get it. Conditions are shit. But also, it's not fucking slavery. So let's stop trying to make middle-class white women feel like they can call slavery when it's not fucking slavery. You did? I, he is I'm pretty her. sure I texted you my entire reaction to Whittison, which was like, you did I think at one point I... <laughs> At one point, I, I said was he should fucking Brenner, choke on a like, shoe. So. All I wanted was for Widowson to die. He literally is like my stepdad. And I was just like, I just want him to die. I just want him to die. I'm not going to kill anybody. Like, no one call the fucking cops on me. But, um, I mean, I was like, I just want him to fucking die. And Bryn was like, whoa. <laughs> and went... And then at the end, at the end, when oh, he can't... He reads like, a letter oh, and then so walks outside and then sends fuck in word him. that's like, I forgive you, sort of. And then... He like fucks yeah. right up. He won't even see <laughs> their child. He, like, he won't even see their child. He's like, like tell oh, her I looked at them. Like fuck you. And fuck said, him. Fuck him. Fuck have him. Have a child brought to another room. Say I went in and saw it, and then take the child back and tell her I saw it. Like schemes it so that he never sees this kid. And it's like, it's his kid. He has proof it's his kid because the person that he thinks that she cheated with, like it's all cleared up in like one letter as is gonna happen in a 19th century novel uh it's all cleared up in a letter like oh yes we loved each other but nothing ever happened and i think it's so great we can remain pure and innocent in that way and blah 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 and so he gets this letter and he still can't fucking deal with the fact that like he knows this is his kid okay i feel like we've kind of been doing our next segment character analysis but make it hashtag fashion because we've been obsessing over winnison for a long time do we have a second to talk about rhoda nunn Oh, I think we have many a second to talk about Rodanun. What? And I know I mean, we already talked Rodanun some about Rodanun. Going to be a moment. I know Rodanun's going to be a moment where we all disagree. Which you know, who doesn't love to hear us disagree? Do we love Rodanun? Do we hate Rodanun? Or are we somewhere in the middle? Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think Rodanun is an imperfect, wonderful human. So Ellis loves Rodanun. Why do you love Rodanun? Yes, she's. I think she's beautifully full. Understand her fucking type A energy where she's I'm gonna fucking live this and fuck the world and all these goddamn men who think all we can do is be married and like fuck that. We're gonna go as hard the opposite way as possible. And then she accidentally falls in love with someone and she's like, God damn it! <laughs> like, why did this happen? You motherfucking world, this is bullshit. And then she tries to figure out how she's going to make it work. And then it falls apart and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, she still gets to keep on with her work, which I think is a happy ending, even though other people think is not. Um, because I feel like there are there are two types of goddamn people in the world. And I'm going to need you not to make a face at me when I tell you who it is. The types of people that need to believe 
that it's a bad story because Rhoda and Everard don't end up together and they're like, oh, happy fucking bow on the present ending and like everyone deserves that like happy love story. And then there are the other types of people who are like me who are like, this is the perfect like and part of it, yeah, is my hashtag nine years of longing that I fucking live for. And the other part of it is just like, this is what was meant to happen. That never could have been sustainable. That relationship was not sustainable. And Rose did more good in her life by not being with him. He does not deserve her. He's not fucking worthy of her. No one is worthy oh, of her. Oh, come on. I kind of liked Everard. Well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, no. but like <laughs> he proposed a way forward for them. He said, "This is perfect. We should just do this no. for a while." He was trying to play games. He's a fuckboy like all the other fuckboys, and because he wanted to prove he could make her do a free union. I don't think what the moral. I don't understand what the moral difference is between Everard wanting to see if Rhoda will like agree to a free union so that he like can do this fuckboy experiment with her. And Rhoda Nunn doing some sort of fuckboy experiment on Everard, seeing if she can get him to propose to her, even though she thinks she's going to turn him down. Like, they start off from the same fuckboy place, even, like, it doesn't I get that, double but I also think I, I get that, but I also think you have to think of power and privilege, and where the power and privilege lies is not with Rhoda Nunn. So in her doing that, it's definitely less risk for Everard from the beginning, because Everard's never at risk like she is. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just wish that she wasn't such a bitch to other women mm, about it. I don't think that... I think she learns her lesson. I think that's, like, the point of the book is that she learns her lesson about it. I don't know. Does she, though? Yeah, because she starts, like, super hardcore one way, and she eventually gets to a place where she's not I like mean, that. Like, she believes... She believes I do Monica, think that she learns she, her lesson. She believes I just don't Monica know. when Monica comes to her. She repeatedly tells Monica... You don't have to prove it to me. I believe you. I believe you. And she's the only person in Monica's life who truly believes her. Virginia is willing to go to bat for her. Like her sister Virginia is willing to go to bat for her and be like, she couldn't have done it. She couldn't have done it. But she never really believes her. But Buddha is the one person who is like, I believe you. And she said, sure. I need to clear this up with you. I need to tell you I this. Do think, I do think that Rhoda learns something and grows throughout the book. And I think that she, especially of people like Monica, becomes a lot less judgmental of them. And that's good. I don't hate Rhoda Nunn. I think that she's fine. I think that she's, like, a lot of fun to read. Uh, I just don't think she's God's gift to man. Well, she's definitely not God's gift to man, but maybe in a woman. A bonus. Segment 3A. Lightning round of Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes, please. Okay. Round one, Bevis, Whittison, or Barfoot? Who would you do what? Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> well, I would fuck Barfoot because yes. Absolutely Everard would give me one real good mm. banging. But then I would have to marry your No, family. I would marry... Can I kill both of the I others? would marry Barfoot. I would fuck... Fuck Bevis, and I would kill Widowson. I will always kill Widowson, no matter who he's up against. I will always kill Widowson. So fuck, bu- fuck <sighs> Bevis, marry Barfoot. At least Probably Barfoot will keep it. Barfoot will keep it interesting. I think I, I think I'll fuck Barfoot, 
kill Widowson, marry Bevis, and then just fuck around. But Barfoot would be good with Rhoda. Barfoot would be good to marry because Barfoot would like he would keep you interested. Like he would have conversations with you. Bevis is like okay. bullshit. Bevis, everything no. out of his mind. No, yeah, no. I, this is supposed no, to be no. lightning See, round. I no. would marry Bevis and then. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> repeatedly, I can see. I would marry Bevis lightning and round. Monica, because she seems like a dick. Okay, no Monica. team. No, no. This is supposed to be lightning round. Oh, sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry. Lightning round. Okay, so I would uh, fuck Bevis, marry Barfoot, and kill Woodison. Okay, same, round same, two. Same. Round two of fuck Mary kill. Rhoda, Monica, or Alice? <laughs> well, I'm going to kill yeah. Alice. Sorry, Alice. There yeah, but it's like, who would you fucking marry? There ain't that much wrong with you, girl. I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> because I want to marry Rhoda, and I want to fuck Monica. Ooh. I want to fuck Rhoda. And well, marry if you marry Monica. Rhoda, you're still going to fuck her. Because, like, you still have sex with the person you marry. There are no guarantees. You still have sex with the person I you think... marry. I don't really understand the finer points. Of the finer game. points are there's <laughs> like one, per- one, or the one other. person that you only fuck, and then there's one person that you also marry. So you're stuck with them for life. I thought it was a love. No, you still, I mean, you, you could do the, whatever you, you just, want for life. Yeah, you though, still, but so. you still like, hashtag new woman. You're stuck. I just feel them. like, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like Monica would be. Like, I just like, I like, I'm learning a lot about myself during this game that I don't want to talk about, okay? I like to be the one in charge in a marriage. Same. I I want to be the one in charge in a marriage, but not the one in charge in a marriage. Okay, same. I would would also. All of those situations. Okay, I would also fuck Rhoda and marry Monica and kill Alice. Okay, round three. Are you ready? Round three. Mary, Mm -hmm. Virginia, and Rhoda. Mary, no. Mary, for sure. I think she would be the best partner out of all mm-hmm. of them. Fuck Rhoda. Still think our sex would be real hot. Kill Virginia. Okay, you, see, Mary, I would, Virginia, I would, and Rhoda. I would kill Mary because she's a delight, but I don't want to be married to her. I would marry Virginia because we could get drunk together. And then I would, I would fuck Rhoda because I think it could be hot. <laughs> Oh God! Rhoda I'd fuck hot, Rhoda. Rhoda I'd kill Virginia. Lady, Virginia would and marry Mary. No, like, I could just marry Virginia. Mary. Hold up in our little fucking one room of a fucking lodging house, getting drunk on our gin and being like, huh, "I can't even read anymore. <laughs> what time is it? I don't know. I can't see the clock." <laughs> and I'd just be like, "God damn it! You are adorable, Virginia. Let's make out." <laughs> <laughs> You're okay, free fine. to you disagree, bitches, me. but that just no, means no. I get more You've persuaded me. Ellis has persuaded me. I changed my <laughs> votes. I would uh, fuck Mary and marry Virginia. Okay. Have you ever had round. a better makeout session with a girl than when you were both a little bit drunk? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. Okay. Just saying. Bonus, bonus round time. four. Are you ready? Bonus round four. Bevis, Ugh. Rhoda, and oh, Monica. Oh. Fuck Monica, Mary Rhoda, kill Bevis. Well, definitely oh, kill Bevis. the only man in the situation. Definitely. No, yeah. He has definitely. to die. Bevis is right off. Don't, don't do Bevis. 
Yeah. But that is Monica? Any of the men we would have put in here. Listen, you could have given me Alice Virginia and Barfoot. And that would still have been like, yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you, my favorite part of the whole book was when Widowson was like, oh, women are also individual creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious too. He's I was like, oh, it took you 30, worse. 40 some odd years of your life to realize that women are also people. He is Thank the you for that. Great job. Fucking worst. <laughs> I hate widows and Great so job, much. team. Great no job. Matter, no matter who we no matter who we fuck Mary Kill, we always kill Widowson, right? Are we all in agreement on that? Yes, obviously, yes. I feel like listen, we all are entitled much, to our yeah. own opinions on everything else. As long as we can agree, we always kill Widowson. The the book also says it had the force it had what is it, the intellectual force of a sudden realization. Like, <laughs> like she just could not even believe. <laughs> no, no one had ever like hinted that women were individual people to yeah, him but, but it to was a fair, sudden fair, realization but to be fair monica points out like you have no friends maybe you should get some friends she legit says to the man maybe you yes. should get some friends yes <laughs> and here's your sign son you need to get a goddamn life <laughs> we should we should put that on a t-shirt maybe you should get some friends but i'm just saying everyone is a better person if they have some friends i'm telling you the only reason that i am not on svu slash married at first like slash snapped is because i have some goddamn friends okay <laughs> i love that those are the things that you would fucking be on i got three choices oh, no. i got three choices you would either be some sort of depraved sexual yes. murderer, some sort of depraved, depraved, like, uh, instant <laughs> marriage person, or I don't I even know what the other one was. You said and I, I don't know. That is what I am. I made depraved you could sexual just, murderer. You, I just, you're going to be depraved. Because literally, that really expands the gamut of what I just said. <laughs> yeah she has she has a type but you guys love me you we picked do. me to be your friend <laughs> I know we all make mistakes but here we are should we give these should we yeah, final lightning round wasn't grades. very lightning you guys it, well listen we had no. to talk it through as always <laughs> it was supposed to be are? a lightning round no talking <laughs> Never in our life have we done anything at lightning speed. We gotta explore all the areas if of you... gray in every situation. If we did not discuss it at length, it did not. Did hashtag not at go. length, though. <laughs> okay. Oh, get it, girl. This podcast well, is not, not belabor the length, point. but if length would like to sponsor us, then we would be fine. We would be okay with that situation. <laughs> We've obviously had maybe a little much to drink, so let's do a segment for final <laughs> grades before we embarrass ourselves fully. Yes, I go last. Who goes first? I don't know. Chris, Chris, I'll go, go first. Chris, I'll go, go first. first. Um, I am going to give this book a B plus because although I will say that the ending is a little, not the ending, the beginning was a little slow for me, 
about the time where we get to the part where there's a stalker, I was like hooked. Um, and I really enjoyed most of it. I just could not get past how much I disliked George Gissing and his like rampant white boy, white middle class boy mm. whining. That's fair. Um, which there is a lot of, and so that is why it gets a big beat. But you also read his bio before, right? I read uh, because yeah. I was so pissed off at the classist bullshit throughout this novel. And I will say, we didn't get into it. Yeah, so Gissing was like a middle-class white dude um, who lived like a pretty like fine life and everything. But then he fell in love with this chick with a questionable past. And her name was Nell. And he got kicked out of university for stealing money from his classmates. To, uh, to support and Nell. And then he like... To support now, which is like, listen, Nell's a badass bitch, whatever. Um, Hashtag we love now, but, but fuck like, Gissing. Gissing was an, we love now, but like, Gissing got caught, so he's an idiot. And so, then he spent like the entire rest of his life feeling like sorry for himself because he got kicked out of school because of this woman. And then basically, like, he was socialist and like woke, <laughs> not even. He was socialist for like, two fucking seconds of his life and then spent the entire rest of his life being like oh it's was so literally... hard to be a white person with some money but yes. not enough money and and then like his whole thing was like he didn't feel like anyone in his own social class would possibly want to be with him so he kept marrying or living with all with like lower class women and then like having a miserable time and hating it and so he spends like the entire fucking book of the odd women just like shitting on the lower classes and i am not here for it simp is the word i was looking for earlier simp is the guy that thinks he's a thing that he's not and he's trying to get women to sleep with him but he thinks he's woke simp Simp we got there in the end y'all i know you were all on tender all right okay so give us your final agreement i was super surprised by this one and I'm an 18th century, yeah. so I was like, what does a late Victorian novel have to do with my scandalous <gasps> life? Um, but my, then I ended I up a, recommending it. Yeah. I, a I ended up recommending this book to, like, at least two other people. Um, so I'm going to have to give it an A-. minus. Um, so I... I feel simultaneously like a tiny bit upset with myself for that move, but then also really, I enjoyed. A, I mean, to be fair, like I'm, I really enjoy like an E.M. Forster. It really gives me like a hold into novel reading when I can just like bitch about the classicism, <laughs> classism, classism. That's the word I was looking for there, not classicism. I give listen. I'm gonna give him a there ninety-three you go. point five, which by our grading scale, oh no, ninety-two point five. Because ninety-three and above is an A in our grading scale. I round it up, and I said I'll I'll give it enough to round it up. But so I'm, it's an A. So it's an A. It's an All A right. because like, I like that yes. he brings attention to a cause. I like that he makes Rhoda a human. And Mary, a human, and Monica, not a devil, and Widowson is a devil. Uh, many thanks to all of you for listening and drinking with us today. Hopefully, you had some brandy with us in our new woman, old fashioned, or Virginia, or Vir- 
Virginia, whatever you decided to make with us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. You can also go over to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash phdrunkpodcast and buy us a drink so we can keep drowning our hashtag existential despair. And thanks, as always, to Anchor for helping us make this podcast a thing. Even though we're technologically challenged, we can't even get all of our microphones in order all the time. Join us in, in some unknown number of weeks to chat about Phantomina by Eliza Haywood. Um, it's kind of in my super area, uh, and I'm I'm real excited to talk about sex and dressing up as other people and weird bedroom shit with all of y'all. So that's it for us, gentles. Books down. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. <laughs> oh. Geez.